Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go, hour three, Oakley Show. Great day for talk radio every Wednesday at this time. It's especially a good one because we have our uh, roundtable gathered here in studio. That includes Ernie Eves, a former premier and finance minister in the province of Ontario. Hello, Ernie. How are you, John? Very good. How about you? Great. Good. Catherine Swift, the former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, currently the spokesperson for Working Canadians. Catherine, hello. Hi, John. And Buzz Hargrove, former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers, now a distinguished visiting prof at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. How's Buzz doing? Buzz is doing fine, John. Yeah, considering all the things that have been happening. Yes, Buzz, it's been I mean, a busy week. It has been. We talked to you on Monday, and uh, yes. at that time I was rather intrigued because you talked about playing hardball, going medieval on General Motors, even if it means shutting them out from selling their well, product. That's, remember, that's your words, medieval. Oh. I think it's pretty logical. When Donald <laughs> Trump is doing it. And saying it, how could it, it must be, be medieval? Then? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Couldn't we know you medieval. agree with Trump He doesn't a go lot, back but... quite that far. Well, you talked about shutting GM product out of the province of Ontario unless they come around to uh, maintaining a, a presence. Uh, one in... of the tools in in uh, the toolbox for Mr. Ford, which he seems so reluctant to use, is to put the heat on the company by saying, "Look, if you're not going to produce here." You make all your money in the province of Ontario. The province of Ontario put up billions of dollars to save your company. You better be able to tell us. We have one of the most qualified workforces in the world. You better be able to tell us what you're going to put in that plant to replace the product you're going to move. If not, you may well may, may very well face uh, restrictions on your ability to sell in this market. Which I didn't even know. And I asked you at the time if that was legal, and you said you don't care. Donald Trump is doing it. Well, he's in. It's legal. It's got to be legal. The president of the United States is saying <laughs> to GM, if you don't bring something into Ohio, we're going to put the, the dampers on what you're doing in uh, production here. Well, Jerry Dye, as your successor, is talking about 40% tariffs on GM product coming out of Mexico. Does that make sense? I don't know uh, how they arrived at those numbers, but it makes a lot of sense to me, if not higher. <laughs> Not higher. Okay, 100% tariffs, uh, double the cost, the luxury tax. I mean, uh, by the way, Buzz, I know back in the day when you were heading the Canadian Auto Workers Union and General Motors was stunting that they were going to pull out and take all of the tools and the machinery and equipment and everything. What did you do? Worked like hell, uh, as we always did. I worked with Ernie when he was premier and when he was finance minister uh, and his government to get some support for what we were trying to do on technology, on new uh, ideas, innovation, and, uh, and to convince uh, the public, firstly, and then General Motors, that the workforce was so good, that their products were so good here, and they were making so much money, that it made no sense. It wasn't logical for them to move out. I thought you welded the door shut and said that equipment's not moving. We, we, no, that was another uh, uh, situation where we, we had a, a strike, and they, were gonna, they had some uh, tool, tools and dies and machine uh, uh, tools for Toyota, and they were producing metal stampings in that plant for Toyota. So we welded the doors front uh, <laughs> shut, and we hid the tools so that they couldn't uh, use them until they uh, got a deal. 
Okay. Uh, but you That's had, called hardball. I was going to say, welding the door shut always seems to work, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It did this time. It was kind of a lockout uh, of your making. Well, all right. Uh, Lock-in of their making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Ernie, do you think there's anything the government can do here? I mean, Doug Ford said uh, early on uh, they were unequivocal several times. They emphasized they're leaving. And so when he goes and tells the truth about the situation. He gets pilloried. Andrea Horvath jumps all over him. Everybody, you included, Buzz, were saying, Absolutely. you know, the guy cratered too soon. Uh, what can the politician, the premier, you were there, what could you potentially do? Well, um, there's several aspects to writing checks to industries or different companies. And I've always been of the theory that if you're going to advance money for whatever reason, and we did it through the Innovation Trust Fund, in the research and development fund, there should be strings attached. You can't just take the money and then decide five years later you're shutting down the plant and unemploying 2,300 people. Uh, so I think, you know, both levels of government can take some blame here as to, A, saving GM, help, helping to save GM at least a few years ago, and, and this is the thanks we get. On the other hand, you know, we're... We should have been able to see some of this coming that they would be eventually transforming into now, as Buzz and I were talking before we went on air. Basically, what's going over now in the automotive market are SUVs and light trucks, mainly pickup trucks, and green, new green technologies, self-driving vehicles, and perhaps a little bit of uh, foresight here about a year ago to try and retool the, the GM plant in, uh, in Oshawa might have gone a long way. Having said that, you know, um, not to be critical, but I think I'd be fighting for the workers uh, of the plant who are going to lose their jobs. You have to do, I don't know that if you can actually end at the end of the day be successful, but I do think you have to scratch, kick, and claw to try and support the people in your own, in your own jurisdiction. I just don't think I would say, oh, well, too bad decisions have been made. Now we've got to plan for welfare. Well, all right. Uh, and so Catherine Swift, I mean, look... Uh, just to give it a different approach, a lot of people are saying there are other industries, media included, that have been hurting and decimated, uh, but they never got this kind of attention or the love uh, showered upon them or concern or considerations. Uh, is there something special about the automotive that we need to know about that this is uh, something worth saving? Oh, I, I, the bottom line is, you know, you, it, it, in many instances, Ernie was alluding to this, in many instances, we're supporting an industry that has changed, so, just like many industries, have changed so fundamentally, we're, we're throwing taxpayer dollars, and, and people are talking about throwing even more taxpayer dollars, potentially in the future, but, you know, on, on an outmoded uh, model in, in so many different ways. And again, they were making a car, and, and the U.S. plants were the same, the ones that were closed in the U.S., proportionately there was not too many more people unemployed in the U.S. That was interesting. And considering they're 10 times larger than us, you know, Canada got hit harder in a proportional way with job losses. But, um, you know, the kinds of cars that were being made there, people aren't buying anymore. So, yes, could you retool it? And some forethought would have been, you know, obviously good. But also, I mean, the Canadian, uh, you know, the, the high, highest cost production in North America that's in not, some of these that's plants. That's not accurate. And, and well, the, it is accurate. The irony, the irony of this uh, is that the uh, the uh, plant in Asha was just retooled two years ago. Over a half a billion dollars was spent to make it a flex plant, which can build a car and a truck on the same line, allowed production of a number of parts to move into the complex so you wouldn't have the travel 
uh, and the cost of travel uh, going in. So uh, Oshawa looked like it, as it has always been, was the jewel of the GM crown. And nobody was expecting, because we can build trucks there today. The trucks are where the sales are. We can build uh, uh, probably 10 times as many as we are if they want to put the the uh, vehicles into uh, into our facilities. So it's deeper than that. Uh, General Motors is not uh, is not uh, saying that. You never heard if if it was a labor cost problem uh, or a cost problem. Period. General Motors would be screaming from the highest tree that that's what the problem but is. A lot here, of the but problems, not. a lot of the problems back in two thousand and nine, when the when the last big bailout happened, was the so called legacy costs. You know, pension costs. I mean, that's that's killing a lot of industries right now because we don't have markets with as high rates of return as was the case. You know, fifteen, twenty, thirty years ago, and so on. So there's a lot of elements here that go beyond the you know the simple labor cost kind of argument. But I think again, you know, do we keep bailing out the dinosaurs? And, but, you know, to your point, John, uh, they've lost way more jobs in Alberta to an industry that arguably contributes, the energy industry, contributes a lot more to Canada than the auto industry does. And nobody's seems to be, you know, I mean, we're certainly aware of it, but you don't see all the care and feeding and all the politicians uh, genuflecting to the extent that you do with this, you know, this one plant uh, closure in, in Ontario. So there's no question there's a bias here. Okay. I think part of it is that, uh, you know, Diaz was, and Diaz was on the negotiating team, which I always found a little dubious for starters, uh, for the new Canada, U.S., Mexico, you know, t- trade agreement and so on. And uh, you got to wonder now, you know, did, did he do a very good job with that? Because presumably he was there representing his industry. Let me ask no, but, you, though. But, but the, remember, uh, the trade agreement has not been signed between the three countries. There's not one part of it that's in place and has any impact on what General Motors. It, it'll be interesting to see if they can get it done at least two years uh, down the road. And the pension issue that was there in 2008 and 2009 was the health care uh, cost for retirees. That, that made the well. difference. That is and well. we restructured our health care uh, fund and set up a trust fund where we put a certain amount of money in out of bargaining and the union uh, membership put a certain amount of money in and we have our benefits coming out of that. So when they measure the cost of a, an hour of labor, uh, that is no longer a problem for Canada as it was uh, back in, the, in those years, and it wasn't for the U.S. Now we're equal in that regard. So we are, again, now extremely competitive in the North American environment, except with Mexico. Let me ask you, uh, float this idea, because you've got an election year coming up next year here in Canada, two years in the States. So, you know, it's not maybe a coincidence, or it is, uh, that... Uh, Ohio and Michigan have been targeted, two critical states to, you know, uh, presidential hopefuls. And here, you know, in Ontario, if General Motors creates a crisis of employment and gets politicians nervous about things, wouldn't they, when General Motors says, you know, maybe then we can develop our autonomous vehicles somewhere with government help at these plants like Oshawa and Warren, Michigan, Warren, Ohio, and that kind of thing, you think the government would be like hot to trot to get right in there and partner up and uh, lay out more subsidies because jobs are the new currency. And Ernie, if they're seen as protecting jobs and maybe salvaging something like Oshawa, uh, who could resist that? That's really enticing for a politician, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I'm not against because I did it. I mean, I'm not against innovation funds and research and development funds as long as you're improving technology, productivity, and you're providing some guarantee of employment for people. That's what it's all about. 
Um, I agree with Catherine about the oil in industry in Western Canada is just as bigger, bigger a problem. And certainly the premier of Alberta has been screaming and yelling. But besides that, not too many people. I guess the Conservative Party federally has been screaming and yelling because they have some decent representation out west, whereas the Liberals don't have that much. But it's votes. Let's let's yes. not let's not fool ourselves. So that's here. what it all you comes know, down to. The economy can go to hell in a handcart. Uh, as I think, as far as the federal Liberals are concerned in Alberta, because people in Alberta don't vote Liberal, and people in Ontario, a lot of them do. Is that what it is? Uh, uh, that, well, that's well, then the you go back to the aspect. whole Bombardier thing. Yeah, I mean. Talk about government Talk bailouts about massive and waste of money. <laughs> I mean, billions of dollars over the years, federal and provincial governments of all political stripes, and this company still can't make money. I mean, it's... But their executives get really good bonuses, aren't they? <laughs> really, really. The last big bailout we did, they, they pocketed a good chunk of it at the executive level. Well, anyway, that's... Anybody in the oil patch unionized? Because I'm just curious, you know, the idea that the uh, Unifor folk or, you know, Jerry Diaz is getting a lot of FaceTime on TV and whatever. Uh, this is drawing the heat and uh, it's really, you know, put this on the front page. Otherwise, you know, out there in the oil patch, nobody is sort of consolidated around a complaint. That's definitely a factor, if you ask me, is that uh, the the oil patch is a much different type of sector, of course, but you don't have the union voice. And Diaz, we we know, (laughs) we know in spades, and I say shame on him for being so partisan politically, but he supported Trudeau big time in the last election. You know, I'm sure you saw all the things they came out with recently that they're Shears' worst enemy and all this kind of jazz. And what, I mean, that's a, that's a disgrace for any union to be doing that, if you ask me. And an awful lot of uniform members, I'm sure, don't like it at all. We had stupid laws that permitted it in this country. You should know that uh, a lot of the uh, workforce in uh, in the north, in Fort McMurray, in the Fort McMurray area, the oil sands, uh, are unionized. Some of them are members uh, of Uniform. Others are members of the building trades unions. Others are members of, uh, of CLAC. Uh, and Jerry Dias and the executive of the union just made a very strong statement. But it doesn't get picked up in Ontario. Why uh, not? The problem yeah, but Diaz the media. has come out against the media, the a media. lot of the pipeline stuff. No, he did not. Yes, he has. No, he has he not. He has They've numerous supported. times, Buzz. They've supported the I'm pipeline. I'm sorry. Uh, no, they uh, have not. I've supported the pipeline. I went into Fort McMurray and made a speech supporting uh, the p- pipeline because it just makes sense. Uh, we got all this oil in the ground. We're giving it away for ten bucks an hour when other countries are getting seventy dollars or seven a barrel, I should say, not right. an hour. Well, that's the that don't make sense. sense to anybody. There's logic in their in their thinking and wants to put people to work and wants to help the country because Alberta, what they do there. You're right, Catherine. It helps the country, not just Alberta. Yeah, but you know, this is that whole environmental agenda that they've got. Trudeau. Gerald Butts, you know, with the formerly of the World Wildlife Fund uh, here in uh, Ontario. You know, he was the guy who was driving the green energy thing with Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty. I mean, this is what we've been handed, the cards we were uh, dealt, and Alberta suffering, and by extension... John, I see absolutely no contradiction between dealing with environmental concerns on behalf of the people affected and the communities affected and having a strong uh, oil and gas industry and having pipelines to get our oil uh, uh, and gas to, to market. Just logical uh, thinking to me. Why can't Buzz be our prime minister? There you I go. Buzz, for, buzz prim- for prime minister. <laughs> All right, we'll come no, back. Prime minister, uh, but yes. you know, these points, uh, <laughs> obviously there's a contrast in the uh, amount of attention that uh, one issue General Motors is getting vis-a-vis uh, the uh, 
the other one out west, and so uh, something is in play. We'll come back in a moment uh, because Rachel Notley was speaking to that. I'll play that clip, and we'll continue on with our discussion with our roundtable guests. Ernie Eves, a former premier, Buzz Hargrove, past president of the Canadian Auto Workers, and Catherine Swift, the former, uh, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Oakley Show continues at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.